Psalm 34. Psalm 34. Everybody say, I love the Bible. Psalm 34. Here's a very familiar portion of Scripture. It's a great portion of Scripture. He said, the psalmist said, I will bless the Lord at all times. Now, how, how often is that? It's all times. You know what that means in the Hebrew there? All times. That's what it, all the time. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. How often is that? All the time. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Magnify him. And let us exalt his name together. All right. If y'all help me, I might preach a little bit today. <laughs> Come on now. Come alive. <laughs> Magnify the Lord. Oh, y'all catch you on quick. Yeah? Magnify the Lord. Did you see that verse up before there? It said, uh, uh, boast. I'll make my boast in him. Is it all right to boast? Huh? Now what does boast mean? Brag. We might say brag. Is it all right to brag? Yeah, if you brag on the Lord. Amen. Don't brag on you. You know, brag on the Lord. Because if it wasn't for the Lord, you wouldn't have been able to do anything worthwhile. Brag on Him. Brag on the Lord. And that really all goes hand in hand, doesn't it? Because when he says, you know, make, make your boast in the Lord. And he went on to say, magnify the Lord. Exalt His name. See, these are, these are synonymous thoughts, aren't they? Exalting. Magnifying. Brag on Him. Amen? Amen. I want to talk to you today about magnifying the Lord. Amen. Magnifying Him. Bragging on Him. You ever seen anybody that's a bragger? What do braggers do? They brag. About what? No, they're usually bragging about themselves. What they did. What they can do. Now, a bragger, uh, you know, as a usual thing, he doesn't brag on other people. Is that right? <laughs> he brags on himself. And if somebody brings up something that they did, what will he usually start doing or she start doing? You know, somebody said, well, you know, did you know so-and-so caught five fish today? Well, then what will they say? Oh, five fish? Man, I, I've caught that on my lunch break before when I was, you know, just riding riding back to work and stop and throw out my hook, you know. And I mean, five fish is nothing. And they start talking about what they do. See, what will they do? They'll belittle the other. And then they'll blow up what they did. <laughs> is that right? We're talking about bragging now. Or magnifying. I know some friends of ours, uh, uh, we kind of 
make a joke, uh, uh, just excellent people, wonderful people. But they, uh, they, they get stirred up sometimes, gets talking about something, and sometimes we look at them and go, are you magnifying that? Because <laughs> they get carried away, you know. They get to telling this and that. And we, we found that we, we use that word on them now. You know, we won't, tell, we won't say, are you lying? We say, are you magnifying? <laughs> are you blowing that up a little bit, you see? Well, how many know that magnify means to enlarge, means to make bigger? I mean, if you've got a magnifying glass, you put it on that microphone, the microphone looks about ten times bigger than what it is. Is that right? It doesn't actually, the, the, mag, the microphone is not really any bigger, but to you, it looks bigger. Your perspective of it changes. Are you with me? Perspective changes when something is magnified. Now, God is big, amen, and he's not going to get bigger, per se, and yet he can be much bigger to you. You can get a, a, a more realistic perspective of how big he is if you'll magnify him, amen. You begin to get a, a more true realization of how big he really is and what he is, what he can do, but you need to brag on him. I said, you need to brag on him. Yeah. Brag on the Lord. Well, I'm just not used to bragging. Well, well, get used to it. Get used to bragging on the Lord. Amen. Brag on the Lord. Tell about what he's done. Amen. Tell about what he's done for others. Tell about what he's done in the past. Tell about what he's done for you. Tell about what he's going to do. Amen. Brag on him. Because I'm telling you, we've got the greatest God that there ever has been, ever will be. There's no God beside him. Amen. No one can compare to him. Nobody can compare to his love, his mercy, his grace. Nobody can touch his power. And he's our father. Amen. You know, as a little boy, I used to see little boys out on the, out on the schoolyard get to bragging about their daddies. Sometimes one of them would say, my daddy can whoop your daddy. Now, you know, of course, I was from the south, and so they say whoop. Not whip, whoop. My daddy can whoop your daddy. Now, whoop's worse than whip. Somebody whooped you. you. <laughs> it's like rent. Remember know what rent is? Well, that's southern version of ruin. See, if something's ruined, well, it's not much good. But if it's rent, you might as well throw it away because, I mean, it's, it's over. You understand? Rent. So you, you, have to, you have to even twist your mouth to say that. Rent. It's bad. Just throw it out. But he, that one of them said, my daddy can whoop your daddy. Oh, yeah. Then they said, uh, my daddy can whoop your daddy with one arm tied behind his back. I mean, I've actually heard such conversations among small boys. You understand what I'm saying? One of them said, well, my daddy can whip your daddy with, with one arm and one foot tied behind his back. One said, well, my daddy can whip your daddy with one eye closed and one hand behind his back and both feet tied together. See, what are they doing? Bragging. Well, my daddy can whip your daddy in two punches. My daddy can whip your daddy in one punch. Brag, brag, brag. Well, I'm telling you, we've got a daddy. We've got a father. Nobody can touch. 
You understand what I mean by that? I mean, nobody can come close to our Father. Nobody can, can even, you know, get in His shadow. You know what I'm talking about? There is no God beside Him. There's nobody that can compare to Him. And it's perfectly alright and it's perfectly good to just brag on Him all day long. Is that what the psalmist is saying? What's he saying? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. My soul. I mean, you get your feelings involved in this. My soul. You get involved. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. I like what the, I like the old song, you know, you can't tell it, let me tell it. What the Lord has done for me. Amen. Hallelujah. What has the Lord done? But you see, the enemy doesn't want you to do that. No, 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 no. You know what the enemy wants you to do? He wants you. Not only does he not want you to talk about the Lord, what he's done. He wants you to magnify Him. That's His desire. And I'm not talking about you going, oh, great is the devil, great is the devil. I boast in the devil. Oh, no, 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 no. He's, you know, he, he's not going to get that exactly out of a Christian. But oh, he gets real close to it. You understand what I'm saying? Because if he can get people bragging about how bad his works are. Then he's got them boasting in him. If he can get folk magnifying his works. Magnifying his devices that he's working against their life. Magnifying the problem. Magnifying the sickness or disease. Magnifying the debt. Magnifying the mistakes that were made. Did you hear me? Then he's got folk magnifying him. And if you're magnifying him, you're not magnifying the Lord. You can't be doing both at the same time. But if you're magnifying him, that's doubt. That's unbelief. That's fear. Do you understand that it is a real problem that Christians magnify the devil's works? not something that's a remote problem with a few people. It's a real problem. It's a widespread problem. It's a serious thing. That people are continually magnifying the enemy. And people get into bragging bouts about who's got the worst problems. You ever heard of them? Yeah. Probably none of y'all have said anything like that, but I mean, you know. You may have heard somebody got talking like like this. Somebody said, "Well, you know, man, let me tell you about what's what's going on with me." Oh God, you talk about problems. Oh man, let me tell you, we're not talking just little problems. We're talking big problems. And then somebody say, "Hey, you think you got problems? Let me let me tell you about some serious problems. You think you got problems? Let me tell you, this is a problem. We're talking." Mega monster problem. <laughs> what are folk doing? Magnifying. Not God. 
Not magnifying God. Magnifying the problem. Magnifying the enemy. The enemy's works. The enemy loves it. When people go around and magnify and say, Did you hear? Did you hear? About that manifestation you hear. Where so-and-so had a, you know, a spirit. So-and-so did this. and So-and-so said that. Did you hear? Did you hear? The devil says, Tell it again. Tell it again. <laughs> Tell about what I said. <laughs> oh, it was spooky. It was scary. And the devil goes, That's right. Tell them again. Tell them again. You know, and somebody fell and somebody made a mistake. And the devil was successful in one of his temptations, you see. And so somebody says, Oh, did you hear what so and so did? Oh, dear God, I can't believe they did something like that. The devil says, Yeah, tell them again. Tell them. Because tell them how I was successful. Tell them how I was supreme. They listened to my lies. They did what I suggested. I won the battle. Tell it. Tell it everywhere you go. Get on the phone. Tell all your friends. Tell everybody. <laughs> Magnify me. You know, we ought not to give the devil any glory, any magnification. I don't care what he does. Whatever he does, here's the issue. Whatever he does, minimize it. Don't magnify it. Minimize it. Everybody say minimize. What does that mean? Make small. Is that right? Have you ever taken a... Uh, some type of magnification device and turn it around. Or take it the other way, you know. You know, you can reverse things. Amen. And instead of magnifying something, you can reverse it and make it smaller. Minimize it. Minimize it. You know, it's all in your in your perspective, isn't it? As to what, how much you magnify, how much you minimize. It's it's how you look at something. The devil wants to build something up in your mind until it's just so terrible and so horrible until you're occupied with it every waking moment. And you magnify it in your thoughts and you magnify it in your speech and in your conversation. And it's so terrible, it's so bad. So terrible, so bad. But we need to learn to minimize things. But I tell you, if you minimize something to people who are in a lot of doubt and unbelief who are not trying to change, you'll make them mad. Are you with me? And you can tell what your situation is by some of these tests. If somebody makes light of your problem, does that make you mad? <laughs> does it upset you? Because they're minimizing your terrible ordeal? Huh? Aren't you thinking now? Are you listening? I didn't say you had to come up and testify, make any confessions. I just said, you know, aren't you thinking? You know? So many times people think their case is so unique. And that their case must be worse than most three or four people's put together. Hmm? Now, y'all don't quit on me now. Let's go all the way with this now. And uh, you get to talking to somebody about it, about some things, and they tell you about how terrible it is, you know. And you look at them and go, ah, that's no problem for the Lord, you know. <laughs> and they look at you like, you don't understand, young man. This is serious. <laughs> I 
Yeah, I know. Serious unbelief. You understand what I'm saying? The more you magnify your problem, that's the more unbelief you have. The more faith you have, the bigger your God is, the smaller your problem looks to you. The bigger your problem looks to you, the less faith you have in that area right now. Well, if you can back up and see things from God's perspective. How many know that the, the biggest, ugliest, hairiest problem that human beings can have when viewed from the right hand of the throne <laughs> looks pretty small? Is that right? I mean, have you ever just flown up, you know, 30,000 feet in an airplane and looked down? Things look pretty small. What if you look down from the, from the uh, space shuttle? That'd be pretty small. What if you look down from the next solar system, you know? Oh, that'd be real small. What if you went up above that to the throne of God? You know, the Bible talks about the, you know, the prophet over in Isaiah. He talked about how that the enemy nations that were raging, uh, stirring up their rage against God's people. It said that all those nations were as nothing to God. Like a drop in the bucket, the verse said, and as nothing. I mean, the fiercest rage of the greatest powers that be on the planet is like nothing to God. Do you understand that? It's like nothing to him. And he's our God. And he's on our side. And he's for us. And the worst rage that hell could stir up against us is like nothing to him. Amen. And you know, I originally had a title for this sermon. <laughs> Different from what I mentioned, you know. But uh, there's a thought here. And that's this. Is the problem the trial or the trialee? You ever you ever heard of that word before? <laughs> the trialee. I don't know what I'm talking about. You know, you got employers, employees, trials, trialee. The individual in the trial or the trial itself. See, so many times folk are just saying, well, the trial, the trial, the trial. But the, the truth is, uh, that there are individuals that are experiencing trials worse than that and, and uh, squawking much less about it. Did you hear me? And sometimes people have got it all figured out that, man, this, this trial is terrible. When the fact is, it's not really that big of a trial. It's just that their faith is so weak. Did you hear me? You know? And, and some people bless their hearts they always got to blow something up into some big hyper-spiritual something. Do you know what I'm talking about? You know? Can't be that, you know, you had a little problem today, had a flat, have some symptoms, you know, uh, of the sniffles that you've been dealing with, and so-and-so snapped at you and act wrong. And instead of just minimizing the whole deal and dealing with it and going on, they, they, they grab somebody and go, the devil's got a plot against me. I think he's unleashed a whole horde of demons against me. They tore up my tire. They did this and they did that. Oh, friend, honey, your, your trials are light compared to a lot of other folks. You know what I'm saying? And do you know, do you know that the, the motivating thing there is pride? 
pride. Ugly, stinking pride. Because folk think, I'm really quite a bit more spiritual than other people. And so I'm therefore much more aware of the spiritual happenings than others. And uh, the enemy is much more interested in attacking me and bombarding me than others. And so what just happens to be a flat to other people is a major spiritual onslaught with me. <laughs> Could it be that it's not so much the trial as it is the trialee? Are you with me? In people's effort to be so spiritual, but they don't realize they're doing, they're magnifying the devil. Did you hear me? They're magnifying the devil. They're not being spiritual. Being dumb. Now, if you don't like today's sermon, come back tomorrow. Because they're usually different every day. And you might like tomorrow's better. But stay with me on this one because it might be something to help you, you know. You know, we need all kinds of things in our diet, don't we? Not only naturally, but, but spiritually. You know, kids, if you let them, they just eat ice cream and cookies all the time. They don't ever eat broccoli or cauliflower, spinach, beans. No, no ice cream and potato chips. And, and spiritual children are the same way. They like, you know, certain things. That's what they wouldn't hear. But, you know, we need cornbread spiritually is that right and we and we need uh, vegetables you know what I'm saying things that'll stick to you and stay with you amen but you know do you understand what I'm talking about that sometimes folks get hyper spiritual about everything ah you know the devil the devil's just on my case well honey he's on everybody's case alright nothing special about you You know what I'm saying? There's such stinking pride in these areas. And the devil's on everybody's case. He's doing everything he can to hinder and bother everybody and slow everybody down and stop everybody. You are nothing special in that sense. Let's read two verses that prove it conclusively in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians 10, 1 Peter 5. Are you with me? What are we talking about today? Magnify the Lord. You can't magnify the Lord if you're magnifying the devil. Right? We're going we're gonna, to uh, not magnify the devil. If you've been magnifying him, you're going to quit. Right? What are we going to do? We're going to brag on the Lord. All day long. Amen. So folks don't want to hear about the Lord, then they won't enjoy being around us because we're going to brag, brag about him all the time. Let me tell you what the Lord has done. Glory to God, I'll tell you how big God is. Yeah, only for 49 times, but let me tell you again. He's big. He's bigger than that. Amen? And people that know him and love him, they never get tired of hearing it. They say, yeah, tell me again. I want to hear it. Amen? Because see, the devil's always trying to tell you how big he is. What he can do. And he's a liar. And he's a defeated foe. And he's been brought to naught. Amen? He's been spoiled. Is that what the scriptures say? And he's under our feet. So you are to minimize his things. Amen. And folks say, oh, the devil. You say, who? The devil. Oh, you mean the eternally defeated one. Is that who you're talking about? 
You're the one that's under our feet. Well, well, yeah, but you know, yeah, that's him. The one who has a constant view of my shoe sole. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) The one I have authority over. The one who has nothing in me. The one who has nothing over me. I've been translated out of his kingdom. He has no power over me. He has no authority over me. has no right to say anything about my life, yea or nay. It's none of his business. Amen. I've been translated into a new kingdom. I don't serve him. He's not my Lord. He's nothing to me. He's a defeated foe. The clock's ticking. His time's running out. Amen. He's defeated right now. Won't be long. He's going to be removed from the scene. Amen. Is that right? Don't magnify the devil. Minimize. Minimize. Somebody said, oh, did you see that terrible thing? You mean, oh, that? Yeah, that, that ugly thing that the devil's doing. Ah, don't worry about that. That's nothing. I mean, we'll, we'll have that knocked out in no time. Don't worry about that. Minimize. Are you with me? It's a way of thinking, a perpetual way of thinking. It's a lifestyle. It's a way of looking at things. It's a, it's a perspective. And you have to train yourself in it. You train yourself in talking that way. Amen. I don't know if the times that people come to me and tell me something they thought sure was just going to impress me about the devil. You know what I'm saying? Oh, but you never heard anything like this before. But you never seen anything like this before. I mean, did you know terrible things like this were happening? And uh, they act as surprised when, when, they, when they realize that I didn't really care to hear about it. I thought, it's just the devil. Don't, don't, don't talk about that. Don't magnify that. Let's talk about God. Let's magnify God. Amen. Amen. Do you know, some people, even in their so-called testimonies, really just magnify the devil more than they do God. Mind if I meddle a little bit more in there? Before we, before we read that verse of Scripture, you know, I've heard people give their testimony, and don't misunderstand me, if you came out of a bad life and a bad situation and God's done great things for you, well, you've got something to be thankful about. And it's not wrong to mention some of those things real briefly, but you need to be careful about giving too much detail. You know? But I, I did this and I did that, and then go into detail about how you did it. I've actually seen people, you could tell that they were, they were kind of bragging about what they had done before they got saved. Well, see, man, they, their mind's not renewed. They don't need to be up testifying in church. They need to be sitting down listening to the Word. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, unless you, can, unless you can testify in such a way that you don't magnify the devil, you magnify God, then you don't need to be testifying. So you can learn how. Don't quit me now. Y'all's going to help me preach, remember? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, I did this, and I did that, and, and, and they, they, they think, I guess, that, you know, if you can show people exactly how terrible you were, that, then it's going to all turn out wonderful, but a lot of times people go thinking, go home thinking about those bad things instead of thinking about God. You understand what I'm saying? And that's not good, then you, you, you didn't accomplish what you should have accomplished. A lot of times you, don't, you just need to mention things in passing, minimize them, you know what I'm saying? You say, yeah, I, I was in that and I was involved in that, but glory to God, the Lord delivered me and brought me out. 
You understand what I'm saying? Don't maximize and don't magnify sin. Don't go into all the detail. Don't make a big deal out of it. Sometimes you mention it to show what the Lord's done for you, but just mention it, minimize it, and go on. Do you understand? Over here in 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, in the 13th verse, he said this. He said, there's no temptation, no trial, no test. That word also is translated test. There's no temptation or test that's taken you, but such as is common to man. What does that mean? Common to man. Everybody else is going through the same thing. Is that right? But God is faithful. Who will not suffer or allow you to be tempted or tested above that you're able, but will with the temptation of the test also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear. What ought you to magnify, the test or the way of escape? Magnify the way of escape. No matter how tough the trial may be, look up and say, glory to God, there's a way out. Where is it at? I know it's here. God says it's always here. And I'm going to sit and I'm going to go through that exit. Amen. The way out. Magnify that. Not the problem. In First Peter. First Peter. The fifth chapter. First Peter 5. Verse 7. Casting all your care upon him. For he careth for you. Be sober. Be vigilant. In other words, be on the watch. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist, steadfast in the faith, knowing. Now, what does he want you to know? Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Same afflictions. Same tests. Same problem. Yeah, but no, you don't understand, Brother Keith. I, I, you know, probably most people can't relate to my problem because it's it's really it's different no it's not well yeah but it is no it's not the word says it's not amen the truth is that individuals that talk like that are in all likelihood making a big deal out of something that other people are just dealing with you understand what i'm saying I've had people just get mad at me. Just get mad at me because I didn't magnify their problem with them. See what the psalmist say? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. <laughs> with me. And that's what focus says sometimes in the opposite. Oh, magnify my problem with me. Let us exalt it together. <laughs> Folk do. They want you to, you know, what, when people tell you how bad things are, what do they want you to do? They want you to go, ooh, Oh, oh no, that bad? Yeah, and in fact, I hadn't told you the half of it. Oh no. <laughs> but if folk, if folk tell you, you know how bad it is, and you go, ah, that's no problem for God, is it? <laughs> they look at you like, you don't care about me, do you? Brother, you just don't know. Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows trials I've seen. What I've been through. That's a lie. I said, that's a lie. Others have seen and seen worse. 
and was much more of a man or woman about it than what you're being. Are you with me? What did the Bible say do? Magnify the Lord. And I'm telling you also, minimize the problem. Minimize it. Minimize it. Minimize it. You know, the same thing is true with other people's sins and failures. Same thing is true. I've had people come, want to talk to me about it, and get all embroiled, and I said, well, you know, folk miss it sometimes, you know. God forgives us. We can go on. Minimize it. Play it down. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, but the, oh, no, no. I mean, you've missed it, hadn't you? Oh, yeah. Well, let's go on. Minimize it. Play it down. You know what the enemy's doing? You know, well, the enemy's always doing something. <laughs> Minimize it. Play it down. And maximize the Word of God. Magnify the Word. Magnify the name. Magnify the Lord. See, diseases like this, isn't it? There are particularly some diseases that our society has magnified and given great fear to. You know, AIDS, cancer, tumors. You understand? Somebody tells somebody, you know, well, what, what was it diagnosed as? Such and such cancer. Ah. What are they doing? Come on now. I said, what are they doing? Magnifying the problem. Magnifying the enemy. What is cancer to God? Nothing. Did you hear me? And for you to get in faith, you've got to get God's view of it, and that's got to mean that cancer's nothing to you. Amen. If God can heal somebody of a headache, He can heal somebody of cancer. The faith is the same, and God's power is more than enough for anything and anything in between. The problem is with people's heads. You understand? Folks say, well, I think I could believe for this, but I don't know about this. Why not? What's the difference to God? Nothing. Do you understand? No difference. I mean, it wouldn't be any difference to God if He had to put a new brain in your head. Whole new organ. Could He do it? Would it strain Him? Would it stress Him? No, 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 no. He made the sun, the moon, the stars. He's big. He can do it. Magnify him. Amen. Yeah, but you don't understand, Brother Keith. I owe $10,000. Somebody speaks to him and says, You think you got problems? I owe $150,000. People act like God himself doesn't have that kind of money. <laughs> they do. They maximize the debt. Maximize the problem. You've got to minimize it. You've got to say, what's a hundred thousand to God? Come on, don't quit me now. I want to know, what's a million dollars to God? It's nothing. Yeah, but it is to me. Yeah, that's a problem. 
That's the promise what we're talking about. When you can see it like God sees it, you're in a position for Him to do it for you. Cancer is nothing to God. Thousand dollars is nothing to God. Million dollars is nothing to God. You understand? God knows where it's at. Doesn't He? It's not for you to know. It's not for you to tell Him how to get it to you. And it's certainly not for Him to tell you who to use. Did you hear me? But whatever you need, you have a right to believe God for. I don't care if you needed $10 million. God knows right where it's at. All he's got to do is tap a person or two or three on the shoulder and go, hey, send so-and-so a check. And there are people. Are you understand what I'm saying? There are people that's got money. You might say, yeah, but are they saved? They don't have to be saved. Did you hear what I'm saying? God's bigger than that. But see, what folk are doing, they're maximizing the problem. They're going, oh, God, I'm high in the world. Am I going to get this much in this amount of time? I said, well, you just do this. Yeah, but you don't understand. See, I'm not talking about $50. <laughs> I'm talking 50,000 buckaroos. Do you understand what I'm talking about? We're talking money. See, what are they doing? And magnifying the problem. Is that right? What does that show? Unbelief. The more you magnify the problem, it, sh- it shows the unbelief. Yeah, but you don't understand. See, I'm not talking about getting healed of a hangnail. See, or a headache. Or stomach pain. I mean, I got terminal disease. You understand? This is serious business. See? Y'all got serious when I said it? Well, it is serious, Brother Keith. Yeah, like I said. Serious doubt. Serious unbelief. You've got to look at it from God's perspective. You've got to see it from His viewpoint. Amen. You can't look at yourself as some little nothing underneath the mass of this huge mega problem. And keep talking the problem and talking the problem, magnifying the problem, how big it is and how much you owe. I'm telling you something that I've learned in the last few years more and more and something that's worked for me and is working for me. Amen. Amen. It hasn't been too long ago, I owed thousands of dollars. Thousands of dollars. Due now. Okay. And I had, you know, I could look at my salary and I could look at my means of income here and there and what it had been. And man, if you look at that, you think, oh God, I mean, you know, because <laughs> this could be a long time, you know. But so many times that's, that's all people think about, you know, as well, you know, we can pay uh, $5 a month for the next 200 years. <laughs> 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 you understand what I'm saying? But I had to start talking to myself. I had to start saying, look. And, and I, I'd tell myself and I'd tell my wife this all the time. I said, that's nothing to God. You understand that's nothing to Him. That's nothing to God. You understand what I'm talking about? That God, you take care of that with just the flick of His little finger. I mean, you know. You understand? 
and we believed God and we talked right. Amen. And just like that, one day, it was all wiped out. You understand? God spoke to one person, said, take care of it for him. We didn't ask them to. We didn't tell them. Did you hear me? We didn't make any plea. We didn't say if you don't do this. No, 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 no. Didn't ask them at all for anything. You understand that? God just said, take care of that for them. They said, no problem. They had it. They could do it. They said, we're going to take care of that for you. We said, "Uh praise the Lord. (laughs) And he went outside and shouted. Shout and shout and shout. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you understand what we're talking about? You had to magnify the Lord. You had to say, this is nothing. This, this is nothing to the Lord. And if thousands is nothing to the Lord, well, what's, what's a few twenties or a few hundreds here? Now? Hmm? I mean, it's even less. Is that right? Does God know anybody that's got any money? <laughs> can, he get, can he get it to you? So always you wouldn't talk about money. Well, this is part of life. I'm not going to take up any offerings. I'm not telling you to give anything to me. No. Tell about how you get your needs met. Amen. 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 Same thing is true with getting healed. You know, I was reminded of a story. One that most of you know. Back in 1 Samuel 17. Anybody know what it is? First Samuel, go back and look at it. First Samuel 17. Yeah. Do I have any Sunday school kids around here? What's in First Samuel 17? Yeah? What's in First Samuel 17? All right. Bible school students. <laughs> Thing is, it wasn't a pop test. First Samuel 17. Who's there? David and Goliath. You thought you were ready to go on the the deep things of God. You need to go back to David and Goliath. (laughs) Did you hear me? Oh, yeah, we're going to go into the deep things of God. Yeah, yeah, back to David and Goliath. (laughs) David had an encounter with a big, ugly Philistine. A giant of a man. Is that right? By conservative measurements, nine plus feet tall. Some say ten or eleven feet tall. That's a big man. I mean a seven foot tall man's a big tall man. What about an eight foot tall? Hmm? You ever seen people that were seven foot or more? I mean, you're talking tall. Add two or three feet to that. Feet, not inches, feet. And this guy wasn't, you know, I don't think he was slim. He's a warrior. I mean, from his youth, he has trained to fight. That's his life. That's his whole life. I mean, he dreams about fighting. And he plans and practices all the day about just exactly how to turn somebody inside out. (laughs) With a spear, 
with a sword, with a knife, with a hammer, with a fist. He's an expert. You understand? He is the champion of the Philistine army. He's the man. Nobody messes with this guy. Nobody. He's earned his respect in other people's hides. You know what I mean? Somebody, if somebody thought about messing with Goliath, somebody said, huh, you remember so-and-so? Yeah. I don't think I'd mess with him. You're right. But David, a stripling of a youth. Some say probably about 17 years old or so. Went out to fight this guy. Now, I don't think that he had the courage to do this by magnifying the enemy. Do you understand what I'm saying? The whole of the Israeli army, and they had some mighty men. Saul was a big man. Jonathan's a courageous warrior. I mean, they had war, I mean, they had warriors among them, but they're all cowering. They're scared of this guy. I mean, this guy's so big, so strong, until, I mean, he just, it's nothing, no comparison with your normal average size soldier. Even the strongest and the most fierce of the Israeli soldiers, they just are overwhelmed by this guy. And I tell you one of the biggest reasons why. If you read through it, every time something came up, they'd talk about how, you know, about this guy. Is that right? They kept talking about him. They said, have you seen this guy? Is that right? And the more they talked about him, the more scared they got. I guess they'd stand, they'd stand from afar and say, how big, how tall you think that guy is? Man, I don't know. He must be 11 feet tall. And after several weeks, he's probably up to 13 or 14. Buddy. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I, that guy, I mean, I, I got pretty close to him the other day. I think he, he may be 15 feet tall. Do you see the size of that spear? Yeah. That thing's razor sharp. You see it? Magnify, magnify. What do they sit around at night and talk about? Wonder what they talked about. I mean, the whole camp is, you know, just, just fear-stricken because of this guy. This guy has terrorized the whole camp. He comes out every day and marches and struts back and forth and defies the armies of Israel, the whole army. He says, what's the matter? You don't have any men among you? Send me a man. I want a man to fight. You're soldiers. I'm a soldier. Let's fight. No volunteers. <laughs> I mean, people that had reputations didn't open their mouth. But I want you to notice that when David got there, I mean, he just came in from, you know, out of town, so to speak, you know. He just buzzed in with a load of cheese. <laughs> and then, and he's just, a, he's a good sized boy. But see, he's been fellowshipping with God. Writing things like, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make her boast in the Lord. Amen. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt His soul. I mean, you know, things like that. Meditating on things like that. Singing things like that all night and all day. 
Amen. The Lord's my shepherd. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. You're with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. Amen. Building these kind of things in his spirit. Day and night. Day and night. Day and night. And he's just a boy. But I mean, know that you can be just a boy. You can be just a young Christian. Just a, a young man, a young woman. Young in the faith. You can have faith. Be full of faith. If you'll think on the right things and if you'll magnify God instead of magnifying the problem. And I want you to notice when he got there and they told him about this. In verse 25, the men of Israel said, have you seen this man that has come up? Have you seen this guy? They've been magnifying him. Verse 26, David spake to the men that stood by him and he said, what shall be done to the man that kills this Philistine? Takes away the reproach from Israel. For who is this 15 foot giant mega man? Huh? Uh-uh. 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 What did he say? What's he doing? What's he doing here? Minimizing. He didn't say, what if, what if I, what if I can kill this 15 foot 493 pound giant, you know, uh, no, no, what'd he say? He said, who is, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? I mean, you t- we're talking derogatory speech here. Uncircumcised means there are no people, no covenant with God. No morals, no standard, and he's a Philistine. Let's see to the Israeli, that's a dog. You understand? Who is this guy? And when uh, Eliab, his brother, heard that, now you understand this, when faith minimizes the devil's work, unbelief gets mad. Because everybody's impressed with the devil except you. Why aren't you? Why aren't you magnifying the problem? Everybody knows it's terrible. Everybody knows it's too terrible. Why, what's your problem? And so he started, you know, he looked for something. He, he, he couldn't just, you know, come against the faith because he knows in his heart he's saying the right thing. So he attacked another area. He said, uh, why have you come down here? Where's those sheep at? You're supposed to be out taking care of the sheep. What are you doing down here? I know your pride. I know the naughtiness of your heart. You just come down here to see the battle. David said, what have I done? Is there not a cause? And he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner. He said the same thing. And then when they brought him before Saul, uh, verse 32, he said, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. He never called him a giant. Are you with me? Never called him a giant. Never. Philistine. I believe he said it with derision. Uncircumcised. Philistine. (laughs) And Saul said, you can't go fight with this guy. You're just a youth. You're just a boy. 
And he's a, he's a man of war. From his youth, David said, now let me tell you. I kept my father's sheep. There came a lion and a bear. And see, David had been practicing this from long back, hadn't he? He could have looked and said, that's a lion. You understand? Lion and men, they can't mix it up. Lions just kill men and that's it. So when lions come, you run. <laughs> See, he could have maximized. Do you know how strong lions are? Do you know how big they are? Do you know how ferocious they are? Do you know what they can do to a, a, a mere boy, uh, of a few, a teenage boy? Do you know what they can do to a boy? Bears. Do you know how strong bears are? Do you know what a bear can do with one swat of his big paw? Do you understand? Do you understand how many uh, foot pounds of force are in a bear's jaws. Do you understand that? He wasn't thinking like that, was he? Couldn't have been. Couldn't have been. He just thought, you dumb lion, give me my lamb. Went over there and grabbed him out of the and, and stabbed him. Give me my lamb. Teach you, you dumb lion. Killed him. Have me a lion rug. He didn't think about how little he was. Are you with me? See, that's the problem. People think about how little they are, how little they know, how little and how big the enemy and big the problem. And they talk like that and think like that till they have no faith left. That bear came. I don't know about you. Have you ever been very close to a lion or a bear? Have you been in a zoo or anything? You know, I don't know, you know, about you, but I, I've been in, in certain places, you know, in other countries and what have you, where you hear big cats in the jungle, and, and you just think, I'm not going out there. <laughs> you think, oh, no, sir, buddy, does the door lock? Because, I mean, we're talking serious power here. Those bears, some of those bears get so huge, so massive. I mean, you know, your human strength compared to them is like nothing. They swat you around like you're doing nothing. You understand? Physically, one stroke and you're out of the game. They hit you one time. But so you get to thinking about that and you get filled with fear. Is that right? David didn't think like that. David had been magnifying his God, how big God is and God's with me. How big God is and God's with me. Until when he saw, when he saw a bear come out and, and get one of his lambs. See, he's responsible for these sheep. Get one of his lambs and begin to take it off. See, most men, four times his size, would have just said, man, I hope he just leaves. And doesn't get any more of the sheep. They would not have budged. You understand? David didn't think like that because he's filled with faith. You understand? Faith doesn't think like what people call normal. He just ran out. He said, you dumb bear. Grab that. I mean, and when he, when he went to get it, the bear dropped the lamp and rose up, you know, growling his face. David didn't back off. Took his blade and grabbed him and said, you take this, you dumb bear. I mean, one-on-one with a bear. And he's a boy. He's not some big hawk of a man. He's a boy. Stripling teenager. 
And God's come through for him again and again. And now he's standing there saying, what is this Philistine? So you've got to learn to talk like that about your problem. What is this debt? It's nothing to God. What is this, what is this dumb cancer? Come on, don't stop with me now. What is cancer? It's nothing. Did you hear me? It's nothing. Jesus took it. He bore it. He's beat it. He spoiled the powers of the devil. They're beat. You gotta, you gotta quit having so much respect for it. Fear of it. He just kept saying, this uncircumcised Philistine in verse 36, he'll be just like one of them. Yes, sir. The bear, the lion, and he's next. That's right. That's right. Uncircumcised Philistines. That's right. You've got to learn to talk that way about your problem. Are you with me today? The devil's a defeated foe. Cancer's defeated. Is that right? Poverty's been defeated. It's under our feet. It may seem like it's on your head, but you've got to think right. Talk right. Amen. What is this? What is this problem to God? What is it to me? Nothing. I'm in him. He's in me. This is nothing to God. I mean, God can beat this with one finger. All he needs is me to think right and believe with him. And his power will do it. I was reminded of, uh, of the spies again. Numbers 13. You remember that? Go back there and look real quickly. We'll close with these thoughts. But in Numbers 13, Moses had sent the spies into the land to search the land. Remember that? And what did they do when they got in there? What did they do? They magnified the problems, didn't they? They magnified the problems. They didn't magnify God. They magnified the problems, the giants, the walled cities. In fact, in verse 31, they said, the men that went up with him said, we're not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. They're stronger. They said, we went through the land and it's a land that eats up the inhabitants. All the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And we saw the giants and the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. What did they do? They minimized their self. They minimized their God. They maximized the enemy. And they were in gross unbelief. Such unbelief that they all perished in the wilderness. Never could go in and take the land because they minimized their self and their God. They maximized their enemy. But what did Caleb and Joshua say? They had a different spirit about them, didn't they? Spirit of faith, spirit of God. In 14.6, Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, they tore their clothes. See, unbelief. We've already talked about that faith vexes and bothers people that's in unbelief. Well, the same thing is true vice versa. Unbelief vexes people that are in faith. They kept hearing them talk about how little we are. And, and, and they didn't, wouldn't talk about God at all and how big He was. They didn't work magnifying Him. They kept talking about how big those giants were, how terrible those walled cities were. And finally, Caleb and Joshua got so fed up with it, they grabbed their clothes and they tore them. 
and they spoke to them. They said, the land that we went into is an exceeding good land. And if the Lord delight in us, and he'd already said that he had repeatedly, then he will bring us into the land. And he will give it us. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Glory to God. Their defense is departed from them. The Lord is with us. The Lord's not even with them. Uncircumcised Philistines uncircumcised Amalekites and Jebusites. He's not even with them. They're nothing. They're bread for us. Today we'd say a piece of cake. Piece of cake. We'll get it. We'll get it. We'll get it. When you're faced with a big challenge, don't pull your hair and go, oh my God, what are we going to do? Just say, we'll get it. That's no big deal for God. We get it. We get it. Sometimes just those, just those, just that phrase is more faith than a lot of folk know. Because I've had people tell me things before, and I knew I was responsible to take care of it. And, and, and you know, in the natural, there's no way. But you know that you got to. You know that it's right. And so up out of my heart, I'd say, "We get it. We'll take care of it. It'll come. It'll happen." We'll get it. Amen. Yeah, but do you understand? Yeah, but God's a big God. Start bragging on him. Start boasting on him. And you got to remind yourself, yeah, well, you know, this is no biggie. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what God did a while back, you see. We were having this situation, this such other situation. We needed this. and We believe God. God came through. He moved here. He moved there. God will do it again. Start bragging on him. Start boasting in him. Amen. Amen. I don't care what kind of physical problem you've got. There's been people that had far worse problems than you. And they're healed today. I said they're healed today. They're healed today. I was reminded of of a lady who came. And when they operated on her for exploratory, I talked with, I talked with one of the, the surgeons that did the operation personally. And I, this was a long time after all this had transpired, but he told me, he said, he said, now it's all over with and what have you. He said, I'll, I'll tell you, you know. He said, but man, he said, this, was one of the, this has been as great of a testimony of God to me as anything I have ever seen. Because he's a physician for years. And he said, when we open this lady up, he said, I've opened a lot of people up. And he said, all of her insides, and this is a bit gross, but he said, all of her insides were just rotten with cancer. I mean, there was nothing you could even, you know, we couldn't even get stitches and what have you. I mean, she's just gone. All of her intestines, all of her organs are just, you know, I didn't expect her to wake up from the surgery. They they couldn't do anything, nothing to work with. Just clamped her back up, you see, from the outside. (laughs) And he said, you know, she lived. She woke up. When she'd be out under the anesthetic, she'd sing psalms and hymns. They're, they're working on her, you see. She gets praying in other tongues. Singing. They're all expecting her to die, and she says, I'll live. You know? 
And, they, you know, they'd try to tell her something about how it was, and she'd minimize it. Yeah. God's a healer. He can do it. You understand what I'm saying? She got better, 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 and days turn into weeks, and weeks turn into months. She's not dead. She's still going. And finally, they had to tell her, well, you're out of the out of the woods, so to speak, in this area. I mean, you're clear. We don't understand it, but you know. And now years later, she's, as far as I know, going strong. You understand? But you've got to magnify God. You can't magnify the problem. Folk get in such a habit of magnifying the problem until every time you go to talk with them about it, they get right back on the problem. Oh, the problem, the problem, the problem. Oh, it's so bad. It's so terrible. It's been so long. You just don't understand. Nobody knows. Magnifying the problem is fear. It's faith in the devil. It's unbelief. It's doubt. And it causes you to just completely forget how big your God is and what he can do. Don't talk like those ten unbelieving, uh, unbelieving spies. The problems are so big. We're just grasshoppers beside them. You'll uh, perish in the wilderness like that. Be like Caleb and Joshua. They're bread for us. Bread. Bread for us. Amen. I said, yeah, but you're attacked, you're attacked with AIDS. You're attacked with terminal cancer. You're attacked with tumors. Yeah. Piece of cake. We'll get it. We'll beat this. Amen. We'll beat this. Jesus has already beat it. All we got to do is just hold our ground. Just hold on. Amen. God can do it. Amen. Yeah, but you don't understand. I, I owe much money. Yeah, but God knows where it's at. Amen. God touch one person somewhere and say, send so and so to who? Well, I'll tell you how to spell their name. Just say so. <laughs> well, if you say so, Lord. How much did you say? All right. God can do it. Can you believe it? That's the issue. Can you believe it? Can you magnify God? Can you believe it's easy for God? If you think it's hard for God, you've still got unbelief that's choking you. you see. It's easy for God. Easy, 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 easy for God. Easy. Your problems are nothing. Well, Brother Keith, if you had my problems, you probably wouldn't think they were nothing. If I was in faith, I would. Did you hear me? Don't care what your problems are. Y'all got quiet on me on that one. I said your problems are nothing. Your God is everything. He's a big God. Say my problems are nothing. Nothing. God is everything. The devil's defeated. God's omnipotent. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Get the spirit of faith in you. Pull up out of the mully grubs. Don't magnify the problem. 
Don't talk the problem. Don't magnify the enemy. Magnify your God. What did the psalmist say? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. That's in the morning. That's in the noontime. That's at night. That's in the middle of the night. All the time. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Big God. Big God. Lord, You're big. You're great. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.